this week's episode of God is Talking Sports, uh, we discussed the Le'Veon Bell issue and Des Bryant and other issues around the NFL. We also touch on the NBA, speaking on Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. We touch on Carmelo Anthony. And of course, we touch on the GOAT, LeBron James. So make sure you tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I see we're very cold for today. We have very opposite ends of the spectrum of the uh, rainbow going on. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> uh, what's good? Drinking H2O. H2O is life. I- I'm with you. I'm with you on that. As am I. I'm also with you on that. H2O is life. That and, well, what you spoke of beforehand, but we won't go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Okay. That too is life. But <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> anywho, welcome everybody. Inside joke there. Inside joke. <laughs> welcome everybody once again to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. So I want to get started, jump right in. Let's talk about our boy Le'Veon Bell walking away from $14.5 million to preserve his masculine physique for the upcoming. 2019 NFL season, leaving his brothers in Pittsburgh uh, high and dry, considering he made multiple, he stated, or he might have suggested, yeah, I would say he suggested that he would show up right after training camp or maybe after week three or right before uh, the start of week 10. And then now he just decides that he's going to go ahead and, and not show based on the best interest of his beliefs and preservation of his body, I guess. So, so what are your guys' thoughts uh, on this situation? Do you think he did the right thing? Do you think he should have came back, at least honored part of the contract? What's your guys' take? Uh, time will tell on this one. I mean, um, you know, he, he's, he's playing the long game from his perspective. And uh, I guess if you look at that from, from his point of view, you know, he's looking at that, He's looking at the Todd Gurley money um, that he feels that he deserves, and um, you know he played he played with the Steelers. He played out that he played out his contract. He felt that he, you know, met and or exceeded expectations of said contract. They went in negotiations. They franchise tagged him. They came back another again. They wanted to franchise tag him for a second time, and he said no. He because I guess from his perspective, he felt that the Steelers were just going to just franchise tag them, franchise tag them, squeeze all the juice they can get out of them. And then once they did, not even give him a long-term contract for his, you know, securing his future. And then you have a James Conner, which depending on how you want to look at it, he's playing well now, but they could have said, oh, we have a James Conner in the wings. You get injured. Oh, you get your money. But we use you for these last two years. In comes James Conner. And the show rolls on as is. So from his perspective, he's, I mean, he has to because he's forfeiting about close to $15 million this season. So um, we're going to have to see. I mean, the proof is going to be in the pudding, not just that he gets a contract because somebody's going to be, someone's probably going to offer him a contract next season. Um, 
but it's the guaranteed money that he's going to be looking for in the realm of what Todd Gurley got. So if he gets a contract with guaranteed monies in that, in that atmosphere or on that level, um, either at the same or above, probably at, maybe at the same or a little bit less, then I think he did the right thing. If he didn't, then I think maybe not the smartest move, but I mean, he had to prepare himself for this. I mean, he had to prepare himself that he was going to forfeit $14.5 million to prove a point, and it's going to be next season if his, you know, if his point has been made. And if it has been made, then I think you can kind of see this might be a trend where other players coming up the, up the road. And he said that he's doing it for all the other players. But, you know, if he gets his money or if this works, we might see some other players maybe starting to take that route. I mean, you already seen in college where, you know, guys are forfeiting the season like the kid Nick Bosa from, um, you know, Ohio State. There was some talk that maybe um, um, Tungalova should – not play next season for Alabama, you know, and then just get himself ready for the draft. So we'll see how this we'll see how this plays out. Um, I I'm taking it from a different approach. Um, me personally, I mean, I'm all for you getting your money. Um, if you want to bet on yourself, that's fine. But if you're going to do that, I think that <clears throat> you also gotta be understand. You also have to know that in doing this, you're not really – I understand it's a business, but you're kind of doing a disservice to your teammates to an extent. And at the end of the day, when you do become a free agent, the question is going to be, will teammates trust you to be in part of the long, raw, long haul um, as far as, you know, where does you stand as far as the team is concerned? Are you really putting your effort in for the team or are you really concerned about – it's about the contract? Um, I think he soured a lot of people in the Pittsburgh um, Steelers organization um, with what he did. And I think that I'm not saying that it's, you know, whether he choose to do it, that's one thing. But I think that from a teammate's perspective, I mean, how would they think about, feel about this? Uh, because it just shows that, you know, maybe some teammates, I'm not saying all, but maybe some teammates feel, you know, the fact that you, you, you know, kind of, you know, deserted them um, from that aspect. Some te- some people, you never know. Um, I agree with you, coming free agency, this is going to be a make or break, whether or not if he's done the right thing or if he's done the wrong thing or how people are going to feel about it, I don't know. Um, but, you know, you, you have to do what you have to do for you. And But there's going to I'm pretty sure there's going to be a consequence here or there where some teammates – is going to feel like how he handled this situation was the wrong move. Well, I can't be mad if he wanted to bet on himself and hold out thinking that he could get the contract that he rightly deserves. Now, he did walk away from a five-year 70, I think it was a five-year $70 million contract. Uh, I forget how much of it was guaranteed, but it was pretty lucrative. I think it was maybe half a million or a million dollars short per year than what Gurley got at the time. But I don't think Gurley got – I think this was a contract offered to him prior to what Gurley got, 
Then Gurley got his contract, and he was like, see, you want to pay me less. Nah, I'm going to hold up. So he held out. And then I think, really, I think the, 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 the deciding factor for him was seeing Des Bryant rupture his Achilles after signing with the Saints and going down two days in. I think that really was like, you know what? Nah, because he got this prorated contract and the contract ain't but so much. And yeah, they got to pay him at the prorated rate. But he didn't get no guaranteed money. So now if he, if he never plays football again, then what? So yeah, I could see where he kind of kind of was like, man, bump that. But still, he would have gotten, even if he signed that tender or that uh, whatever you want to call it, franchise tag, mm-hmm. you know, he still would have gotten the prorated of the $14.5 million, but it still would have been guaranteed money. So I, I, I really don't know what his logic was behind that. I mean, if you're really betting on yourself. I'm not, well, I'm not sure. If you would have got all that for a team, I think I heard that he, if you would have came back when you said he was, I think you would have got around five or six million dollars. I don't know the whole friend, all, oh, all that money. That's why some people was like, well, it makes no sense. If, if you were going to come for the whole season with 14 mil, why come for, you know, five, five or five six? six. Million? Yeah. Okay. So that's five or six mil that you, you, you get and you may or may not play. <laughs> you know, because you're not going to take the, the rock out of James Conner's hand because James Conner's been putting in work. The back of uh, his change of pace back, which I can't think of the name right now, is doing quite well, too. And I was listening to the radio today um, where they talked about when Le'Veon pulled this before. And I forgot who the running back was at the time. Um, uh, D'Angelo Williams. And D'Angelo Williams was putting in work when he was, you know, when he came in, it was uh, substituting for uh, for Le'Veon Bell. And the guy kind of regulated it back to his fantasy time. When he picked him up during the fantasy football at that time, he said he was putting up some major points. So then it made folks wonder, was it really Le'Veon that's really that nice? Or was it the Steelers organization and the offensive line that really paved the way because James Conner ain't no Le'Veon Bell, but James Conner is still putting it. Matter of fact, I think they said at this point last year, Le'Veon Bell didn't have this many yards for uh, per touch that uh, James Conner is having right now. So James Conner is on pace to have a better season than Le'Veon Bell had last season. Surprisingly so. So I guess that would say the, uh, the offensive line, which is I think why the uh, – his uh, Le'Veon Bell sit-out wasn't bringing the Steelers to the table. And like I said before, um, James Conner was making the Steelers kind of, you know, slowly forget about Le'Veon Bell and be like, okay, well, that's 14. We ain't got to pay you. So mm-hmm. if he's doing well, you're not forcing their hand to rush to the table. Now, I think at the beginning of the season where things were looking a little bit, you know, skittish, where I think there might have been some lead away where the Steelers might have, you know, coughed up on the cash, but – once James kind of started playing well, I think they were more or less like, well, let's see how this goes and, you know, who's going to blink first, so. Right, exactly. So, I think Le'Veon bet on himself and he lost. Sort of like how Des Bryant bet on himself and lost when he had that opportunity to take that three-year, $27 million contract for the Ravens. He turned that down 
thinking that he's going to get the contract that he deserves. And not to say that he deserves, you know, the rupture is Achilles, but he went from a pretty decent contract to nothing just that fast. Um, That's why I said it remains to be seen. I mean, the proof is going to be in the put next season if he gets the contract with the numbers that he's, you know, looking for. But but the question I have is what – I'm sorry. question I have is what team was going to – Exactly. Is going to pick him up. I'm sorry to jump into that. That's no, I mean, no. That was my next question. That was my next question. Like, who's going to sit there and possibly throw out the type of dollars that he may consider or deem worthy? I'm pretty sure there's a there's several teams out there that uh that got the cash that are, that will throw it up there. Who? <laughs> now, now what I heard on the radio station was, if it was about winning, would he have played this year, or is it about the money? Do you think he really cares about going to a contender? Or he's just caring about somebody who's going to give him the most money up front so he'll go play and do whatever? It has to be the money. Money. I mean, me money. personally, I mean, my opinion, it has to be the money. Because he was in a winning situation in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it has to be the money. I, I just don't see any other reason unless you – unless some contender is willing to pay that much for him – I just don't see, like you said, I don't see no contending team right now that has the salary to even match what he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, even the teams that comes to mind, I mean, you can, I mean, I was about to say the Patriots, but the Patriots are really tight with their pocketbook, even though I think in the case of Le'Veon Bell and seeing how Tom Brady's been getting dinged up a little bit more than usual, it might be willing to open up the pocketbook to give Tom Brady a, uh, a decent running back, and they already have a quote unquote okay offensive line. But I can see the Patriots knocking at the door. I can definitely see the Jets coming out there knocking at the door, yeah. in regards of who they got in the backfield. I mean, there's going to be a, a ton of probably mid contenders, not the ones that are in that are in the Super Bowl hunt because they got who they have. But you know, people in that second tier, depending on how this whole season shakes out, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be you know, calling for his services. I definitely could see the Jets, you know, put him up with Sam Darnold, give him a nice little cushion. Folks are talking about the Ravens. Now, pundits here in the Baltimore area was like, if they don't feel as though Harbaugh is going to be the coach next season and they don't think Flacco is going to be here next season, um, the bigger question would be why would they sink that much money into Le'Veon when they're going to need to have to address so many other different positions in the off season. So though Baltimore fans would love to see him in purple and black, uh, it's looking more and more like Baltimore is out the question. Um, I can see Denver. No, but they got Patrick Lindsay. Hmm. If, if he's not if he's not under a big contract, who knows? And even with Baltimore, I can see it because if Harborough's not there, then automatically I don't think Flacco is going to be there. And then I mean, you put Le'Veon Bell with Lamar Jackson to give him a a decent running back to kind of grow upon. Not a bad, not not a bad mix right there. One other team I could possibly see: Chicago. 
because Jordan Howard, I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Running back. He hasn't really been putting in the work like he did his first two seasons. And you know how it is with, with running backs in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? You, they'll use it as a bell cow for two seasons, and if you don't produce that third, they're ready to get rid of you and bring somebody else in uh, to pick up the slack. So I could, I could see where Chicago could come into place, especially now, you know, with uh, Philly and – and L.A. Rams trying to position themselves to get the best talent available to try to stay atop of the, uh, the NFC. In Chicago, I think there might be a piece or two away where they could be legitimate because Mitchell Trubisky, dude, I, he's really balling. And they got receivers. They just don't seem to have the running game. I could see where Le'Veon could fit in Chicago as well. But the bigger question is, again, who's going to throw out those dollars that he's looking for. He wants to girly money and he's going to be 27 years old. <laughs> I'm trust somebody. If, 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 if the NFL owners, you know, aren't all pissed about this, you know, somebody will offer up some money. Yeah, no, so I agree. Somebody will offer up the money. I just don't know if it'll be the team that he may be happy with accepting. Um, right. Because at the end of the day, if it's one of the lower tier, the lower tier teams, then just even though he got his money, he ain't gonna be in. A, he's not gonna be happy because they're gonna end up not winning that many games. So, but if it's about the, but if it's about the money, doesn't doesn't really doesn't matter. That's really the that's the question at this point. It's probably about it's probably eighty percent about the money and twenty percent about <laughs> about winning. Winning. He's like, f you, pay me. <laughs> But, I mean, personally, I think he should have parlayed and pimped that franchise tag and pulled the Kirk Cousins. You know what I'm saying? Just pimp it, pimp it, pimp it, and then use the system to benefit him to sign a two-year or possibly three-year guaranteed contract where he might have signed for two years at $45 million guaranteed. And in that way, right, like Cousins. Yeah, but just like you said, like you said, it, it, it could work out in a Kirk Cousins way where he came out, you know, he bet on himself and he came out smelling like roses, or it can turn out the Des Bryant way where you can come back in there in the second day of practice, you blow out your ACL, and your career is not done, but it's on life support. And I feel bad for Des too. Yeah, that, I think he would have put in work for for, for New Orleans personally. Yeah, I agree with you. I I feel I like for that to happen is just and I the worst him up possible in outcome. <laughs> What'd you say? And I picked him up in our fantasy league, and he disappointed me. <laughs> well, I tell you this though, um, when, when I think about it for, for long term, and I know that what um, Le'Veon Bell did by forfeiting all that money is uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and left that sour taste in their mouth, but. If I've always said this, if the um, if the um, the, the if the players for the NFL ever want to get that contract, they have the new CBA straight now, where they can guarantee themselves some bigger contracts. What they see Le'Veon Bell do, that's what all of them collectively is going to have to face. They're going to have to play chicken with the owners and be willing to give up a whole year of salary. That means from the top down to the guys making you know, 25 or, you know, 19 to $20 million a year, all the way down to the guys making a league minimum, everybody's going to have to be willing to do Le'Veon Bell 
and forfeit millions of dollars if you want to get that CBA to the point where now you can they can always franchise tag you if they don't really want to pay you you can guarantee yourself a little bit more guaranteed contracts to the players that play the most violent sport you know in, in all of um in all of America so I think the the owners might be a little bit more fearful of that if they start seeing a trend of guys sitting out forcing their hands for those contracts well if we thought that 80% of the league would sit there and, uh, and does right by their money, then I could see that happening. But, you know, there's only 20% of the players in the league that can sit there and live a whole year's worth off of their 17 paychecks versus the other 80% that blow their money and got to work a second job when they're not working, when they're not playing the NFL because, you know, the money gone, which – it's just bananas to me. Money, clothes, and hoes. <laughs> That's all them players know, man. That's all them players know. I'm just saying. I, ain't gonna, I, I, I don't understand how 80% of them jokers five years after they leave the league are broke. I'm like, dude, who's who's our financial advisors? <laughs> I'm like, y'all, y'all need to stop making it rain up in these script clubs and stuff like that, man. And Nah, but Charles or somebody. I can't even blame the financial advisors because it's not like I mean they're advised, but it's not like they're gonna listen to them. What <laughs> about that? Because they, obviously they're not listening to their financial advisors if they're blowing away their money like that. I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah, go ahead and buy a U.S. bond that way, that way you can invest your money. You can just reap off the interest rate, which is which yields very high. No, they're gonna buy a Bugatti bottle service. And take the first girl to see on Instagram, showing off everything, and want to and want to put her out there. Money going, then you look like uh, Rob Kardashian, crying about twenty grand. You got to pay your baby mama every month. <laughs> it's, it's the same, but it's true. I mean, they need to just ask Markham. <laughs> Oh, so that sucks to be in Baltimore listening to Baltimore sports. There you go. <laughs> so word is that Joe Flacco uh, has an injured hip and he may not start on Sunday versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're not mathematically out of the playoffs yet, but they desperately need a win in order to keep themselves in playoff contention. So, the word is down here that uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, is going to be the starting quarterback this Sunday if, if uh, Flacco can't go. My question is: the Ravens have RG three on their roster, and the pundits here are just so hell bent on saying that RG RG three is some trash that he shouldn't be starting. And I'm just sitting here like, man, I mean, granted, he's a shell of his former self, or he's not a shell, but he's not looked anywhere near like his rookie season when he played with Redskins and, you know, he tried to reinvent himself in second and third years, whatever. But this is a man who was on a, a Redskins squad that faced similar adversity, and the Redskins pulled off six games. You know, they won six games in a row to win the NFC East that year to make it to the playoffs. 
So my question is to you, or both of you, if you were the head coach or the general manager or the owner, and you know that Flacco was down, you had Lamar Jackson, or you had uh, Robert Griffin III on your roster to be the you know, next man up and starting quarterback, knowing that you still have opportunity to playoffs, who would you guys start? I'm a, I'm, I mean, personally, it's, this is very simple. Um, whoever I chose to be – Joe Flacco right now is the starting quarterback. Whoever I chose to be the second string is the second string. If it's Lamar Jackson, then he – and if Joe Flacco is down, then Lamar Jackson starts. Obviously, they may, they may have to put Lamar Jackson in the second string for a reason over RG3 and um, at the beginning of the season. So you got to stick with what you – that decision. Um, and we do it that way. You, I wouldn't want to skip if if RG three is my third string. Why would I jump over Lamar Jackson? If I felt as though Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback right now than RG three, then I gotta see what Lamar Jackson can do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I mean, uh, the first thing you're gonna say yourself is who's gonna give you the you know the best chance to win. And I mean, granted, you know, RG3 has been a starter in his league, but his last couple of stops have looked very lackluster. So to me, I think it's almost a toss up between whether you go with him or Lamar Jackson. However, you spent your first round pick on Lamar Jackson. He's, if you're telling people going to be the future, Joe Flacco appears to be on his way out the door right with the coach. So if you're going to be transitioning over to, you know, a new quarterback and transition over to your quarterback of the future, then quite obviously, if Lamar Jackson's second string and he's ready, then you put him in, you see what you got to work with. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, they, there's a sound bite <laughs> that uh, they've been playing on the radio with Lamar Jackson where he was saying, I think this is early, earlier this week or maybe last week, where he stated that, you know, he still has problems trying to say some of the plays that they run in the huddle. Like, it's so long that he has to have coaches tell him to play over and over again so he can say it in the huddle. Uh, <laughs> just call just call out the Holly Berry play and you'll be good. <laughs> Holly Berry, Holly Berry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, me personally, I understand RG3 hasn't uh, shown much <laughs> – since his, you know, since he shined his rookie season and uh, with the Redskins, but if I were to coach GM, and I know I still had the opportunity to make the playoffs, and even though Lamar Jackson is your rookie and he's your future, I think I would still run with RG three just because I need experience in this particular time over a possibility, and. Um, I say that because you know what you get with RG3. If RG3 plays like crap for like a quarter and a half or, or a half, you put Lamar Jackson in, you pretty much sealed your fate as far as you're not going to make the playoffs anyway. But if you, you really still think? have that if, if – yeah, I mean, if if RG3 comes out, plays the first half, and it's like crap, I mean, they're, they're getting blown out or uh, RG3 just isn't doing what you think he should be able to do or capable of doing. What do you got to lose to put Lamar Jackson in? He might be that spark in the second half that may start a comeback or something like that. But 
you know, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson isn't ready, but I'm just saying I would need experience over a rookie in this particular situation. I can see if he started the whole season, you just kind of ride with it. But if you still know you had the opportunity to make the playoffs, I got to go to experience over that. But anywho, let's switch gears really quickly. Let's jump over to the NBA. And I believe my man E has to step on the soapbox because he has um, a, a grind to gear about a certain NBA player or two. And he needs to get this off his chest. So, so E, please elaborate because I've been waiting for two days to hear this. Well, let a brother know or I turn my car around. Well, before we get into that, let's let's take a pause for the calls and uh, pay our sponsors with my bookie. Now, that's a tease. Yeah, tell me about it. Nothing against you, my bookie, though, because, you know, that's where I place all my bets. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the game. Guys, you heard me talking about this for weeks. Some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, basketball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is the one to bet, and I know you'd be happy with it all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for years. They've got great online reviews, the mobile site is easy to use. My bookie is offering a hundred percent bonus for the last time this year. That's right. You've been thinking about pitching and picking all season, but haven't manned up and haven't manned up yet. Well, it's time to make your move. After Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss that bonus goodbye. Also, make sure you follow at my bookie on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention, they've given away nearly ten grand free money to the followers that support the season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Now log on to my bookie right now and don't miss it on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code GUYS100 and you'll get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code GUYS100. You play, you win, you get paid. Alright, we back. So my man E, come on man, stop teasing us. So tell them why you're mad, son. Oh, well, I'm a little bit less mad, but <laughs> about your so-called best player in the world, your so-called, you know, goat, so-called, you know, LeBron James, King James, so-called on Mount Rushmore, so-called better than Kobe Bryant, better than Michael Jordan, who said it and admittedly said himself, he sucks at shooting free throws. Scared at shooting free throws. He was scared of shooting free throws his first several years in the league. He didn't even get that better until he got to Miami. So, I mean, I know that there's always been that big debate about who's better and who's who's on the Mount Rushmore and who's greater is it Jordan or LeBron. And we all know that this you can't erase six and zero. Oh, he's not he's not one to five. He's not two and four. He's not three and three. He's six and zero. Oh. But over the last five or so years since LeBron just came back to Cleveland and they got that miraculous come-behind win in the seventh game against the Golden State Warriors, every analytical person out there has been drawing up numbers and stats to say that, oh, LeBron just has a better, you know, field throw, you know, 
you know, um, field goal average than um, Michael Jordan. He's a better assist person. He scores better. He didn't have a team. He played this, yada, yada, yada. These statisticians and these analytical people have been coming up with every excuse possible to negate the 6-0 so they can say that all his numbers and the stats, even though he played in a, a very watered-down league, which was not even nearly as combined, I mean, stacked with more players on more teams as Jordan did, Everything was much more wide open. You have about three or four more expansion teams than Jordan had, but they don't want to actually count that in. So our thing is that how can you call yourself to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time, to sit on Mount Rushmore alongside of, you know, I mean, sort of um, Magic and Bird and Jordan. When you say yourself, you suck at shooting free throws. <laughs> really? Are you going to put yourself in a John Starks, you know, little box? Are you putting yourself in a Nick Anderson who missed all his brick those free throws when Orlando had the Houston Rockets down and he was a shell of himself? Are you putting yourself in that box? Because to me, if you're the greatest of all time, and if you're the GOAT, and if you're quote-unquote better than Jordan, then you should hit some goddamn free throws or you shouldn't have been scared to hit free throws. What does he do? Oh, I made the right pass to the corner side. Oh, I made the pass to Hill under the low and he gets fouled. So they can't say it's me. Well, I won't drive because I'm afraid if I get hit, I got to go to the line because he's not that good and free throws at crunch time. And the analytical guys, don't put that in. You send Michael Jordan to, free, um, to the free throw line with two shots, guarantee he's going to make them both. Send Kobe Bryant to the line with two free throws, guarantee he's going to make them both. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, you're not going to go on. But this guy has been bad at shooting free throws since day one. And hasn't changed. Shit, Alpha Quarrel's playing for high school. <laughs> uh, damn it, Alpha. Al's nephew could probably hit better free throws. <laughs> so, that's my first rant. Second rant, poor Camilo Anthony. He may not be the man that he once was, but don't scapegoat him for the problems in the Houston Rockets. Now, I'm mad at Carmelo Anthony if you can go into the Houston Rockets when you want to back to Dan and Tony, who you have friction with in New York. So are you going to go to a guy whose system was bad for you in New York and then go to the Houston Rockets? Yeah, I know your boy's over there, Chris Paul. He's going to try to look out for you. But it was bad in New York. It was bad in Houston. You should have never went there. And they're going to scapegoat him because they can't play defense and they let their defensive coordinator go. You let Trevor Reza and Mutambe go. You have no damn defense on the bench. So why in the hell are you going to scapegoat Melo when everybody sucks? Is Kevin Harden playing any defense? No. no. Chris Paul can barely play defense. He's always hurt. So wait, wait, wait. you said Kevin Hart? No, I'm not Kevin Hart. I mean, um, Chris Paul. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, right. Kevin okay. Hart could probably play a little bit better defense than um. <laughs> Then um, thing um, Harden, but they're going to let him go, and they're going to use him as as a scapegoat. And Houston Rockets are still going to suck because they can't play defense. They couldn't play defense really before he got there. What made you think anything was going to change once he got there? And when he leaves, nothing's going to change because your guy Harden, all he does is dribble, 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 carry, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot and plays no defense, and when they need him the most in Game 7, he got zero small. <laughs> Tell my man, son. <laughs> that was my rant for today. I like I like Melo. He should have never went to Houston. Well, he may end up in Philly. 
<laughs> well, well, they need they need shooters. They don't <laughs> consistent consistent shooters. Well, he can still shoot. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, I I get what you're saying, but there is, the, the talks is running rampant that he that six is already looking at Melo right now if he get bought out. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Sixers are, are are trying to make moves like the uh, the L.A. Rams. They trying to pick up every and everybody just to say, "Hey, we relevant. <laughs> we trying problem, to win this thing." My problem with the Jimmy Butler trade is, yeah, they got Butler. How, I want to see how this works out because Butler and and um, Embiid I, and uh, I'm gonna see how this all works because Butler is a ball dominant person and he's like to be the alpha male. Horrible Carol Fultz is probably going to get get harassed by, by Jimmy Butler, but they gave up shooting. They didn't have that much shooting left to begin with, but you gave up basically all of your shooting to get Jimmy Butler. So off your bench, who's shooting? He made you look. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's just my issue with the I – mean, it remains to be seen, but I think it was – it was um, – Subtraction by addition. I mean, you got Butler, but you lost two shooters in the process, which you didn't have anyway, which you desperately need because not everybody that's starting can shoot. Well, I'm going to say my two little things here very briefly. One, I'm surprised LeBron came out of his mouth and said that he's afraid to shoot free throws. Man, I tell you, that was that's the sad. Uh, two, he didn't even touch on him hanging on the rim the other night when he should have got a tech. <laughs> and 10 plus seconds. Not not one whistle when the game was tied. Right. <laughs> Anybody else? If that was Shad's mom, whomever was hanging on the rim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Shad's mom. Uh, that would have been a... <laughs> that would have been a tech. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, you know. It is what it is. Um, quickly, though. Wait, 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 wait. I definitely have to jump in. Oh, there. no, 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 Dad. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Let me let me, yeah. let me, me get this out of the way um, real quick. I agree um, with you about LeBron. <laughs> My man was just – there should be no reason why he shouldn't have got a tech for that. I, I, I'm still – I'm not shocked that he didn't get a tech. I'm more – I mean, I'm not shocked. Um, because that's LeBron James, but he should have deserved a tech. No jokes aside about that. Um, secondly, I agree with you, Earl, about the um, Carmelo Anthony thing. Um, I really thought that he is being a scapegoat. They haven't played defense since Ariza and Bob Mute left. So I never thought that they was going to get back to where they was last This, I mean, I never thought they was going to get back to where they were last year anyway because – of losing a reason in Batamute because you pretty much lost your defensive anchors. Ken Capella's not playing where he was. You have, you don't hear him as much. And mm-hmm. Eric Gordon is a shell from where he was last year. Um, he's not that six-man that he was last year where he was scoring a lot of points. So um, Houston don't have no one to blame but themselves. That's the bottom line. And until they get their act together, you can't take them seriously as be, even being in a conversation of Western Conference Finals. Um, Philadelphia – the, I'm not going to say debacle. It's a wait-and-see approach. Um, but Philadelphia was bad since they let go of Ilasova and um, – um, I forgot the other um, 
Bellinelli, Bellinari, Bellinari, yep. San, San Antonio. So yes. losing those two people were vital. Um, so anybody that they bring in, Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. I don't think it's going to change or make a difference. I think that, to be honest, I don't even think they're one of the five. I think they're like top five, but the bottom five teams in the East. Like, I think they're like ranked five, in my opinion. Um, you still got Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and who am I saying? Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston. No, they're top four. Maybe top four teams. And Indiana. Uh, I might put Indiana up in the mix as well. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But I want to get into this whole Draymond Green, yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Woo. Um, Turmoil at Golden State. I, I, I want to get your takes on that. Um, I, I, just, I really want to get your takes on that, the whole thing. Uh, <sighs> wow. <laughs> If I had to say the it, residential hate uh, warriors hater right there. I, I don't hate him. You know? No, not hater, but no. I, it's a strong word. No, no, no. Well, yes, I hate him as a team. Yes, I do. Okay. I think I think Draymond likes to consider himself to be like, like Earl said, like the alpha male of the team. So he's like the enforcer, but he's also the one with the big mouth and likes to talk a lot of smack. Um. And Kevin Durant, I, I I truly think that he is looking at this as this is his final season in, in Golden State. He's trying to do everything in his power to make sure this is a, a great season for him so he can command top dollar going wherever he's going to be trying to go for next season. And I think that's why he called for the ball because in certain circumstances, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Golden State games, but – I'm sure in the past there hasn't been players on Golden State squad that will sit there and clap for the ball with the remaining seconds because they know Draymond is sort of like that point forward where he can bring the call up, bring the ball up the court and kind of facilitate and find an open man to try to get an open shot. So I think Draymond was just going on status quo. But granted, yes, Durant was hot and he dropped, I think, 33 by that point or something like 31, 33 points or something. So I guess he felt as though he was the best person to take the shot. But on that squad, hell, anybody can take the damn shot. It doesn't necessarily have to be Durant. So I think Draymond going off on KD, who's to say that this ain't been the first time they went off on one another? <laughs> it just kind it's of not. just spilled over. <laughs> it's not. It's the only one that's been open, that's been publicly in battle. Right, right. And I, I think Draymond is calling it like he sees it. I think he is calling him a bitch. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I guess you know the story is you know more things have been coming out over the last you know twenty four hours, so it's still a pretty fluid situation. My takes on it is that I think it's it's stuff been simmering there for a long time. I, from what I understand, it's not the fact that he called them, you know, the B word. I mean, even though it does win fury a lot of people. It was the fact that when he, you know, came at him about his contract status, whether or not, you know, he was all in with the Golden State Warriors or whether he was all out. And then I think that that spilled, that went from the court back into the locker room. 
And, you know, I think that's where, you know, some feelings have gotten really into it. Um, my personal opinion, I always thought that the rant was either going to be going, if not this year, next year, once they got to the new stadium. I thought that he probably only had two years left left there. Um, I, it, I think they'll – I think they'll for the betterment of the team. They'll pack. They'll, they'll 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 you know they'll grill it and eat it. Whatever issues that they might have for now to uh, kind of do something that no team has done, and that's you know uh, three peat. I think that's what's standing on a on a lot of their minds. If they three peat this year, which statistic, I mean from the, from the team standpoint, they have a pretty good shot. Then Kevin Durant is definitely. I think he's definitely out the door. Um, but I think he was going either way. But I think this whole thing about his contract and, and, you know, the friction, I think this has been something that's been simmering there for quite some time. And I think I think the powder cake was just the bad play, which, I mean, yeah, Draymond should have came over there. Kevin Durant clapped for it. I don't think that was an issue. But I think once you started getting to the fact about his contract and whether you're all in, you know, challenging him, whether his heart was in the team, I think that's where you get into uh, that's where you get into murky waters, and the Golden State Warriors organization want Kevin Durant to stay as long as they possibly can. And if you have Draymond basically challenging Kevin Durant out there, allegedly about his status, whether or not he wants to resign or not, if he's all in, I think that might make Kevin Durant get closer to the edge if he wasn't there already. So. I think long-term, they're going to see win some games. They grill it and eat it. But I think the undertone, the undercurrents, you you might see – you have to see how this all plays out at the end of the, se- at the, end of the season going to the finals. Um, I'm, I'm only going to uh, – real quick, um, I, don't, I did not have a problem with Draymond Green dribbling it up. Um, me personally, I – I, you know, he was trying to make a play. The fact that – if anything, I have an issue. I have a couple of issues with the way Kevin Durant reacted to it. The fact that, you know, he didn't give the ball up. Why did you give it? You didn't give a ball up to me. Me, you know, it, that just seems a little over the top. Like mm-hmm. if you're the teammate, you could have just played that down and be like, all right, you know, he tried to do it on his own. I can't knock him for it. You know, we're overtime. It's no, we didn't lose the game. So let's just come together and, and, and take care of it. But, it just seems to know that you were just like, you know, why didn't you give it to me? Let me, I should have took that shot, whatever, whatever. Like it kind of felt as though that you're not all about the the team. It's just more about you trying to make that shot. Now, granted, you have made them plenty of times before, but it was just the timing of it and how it looked, the optics of it was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. When to be honest, it shouldn't. If anything, if you wanted to complain about it, you could have done it after the game and got, you know, it could have been private, but how it was public, it was just all blown out of proportion. Now, my thing is real quick, if I'm Draymond Green and going through all this and, you know, back and forth and seeing the fact that he got suspended and nothing was in terms, you know, nothing was in terms was toward Kevin Durant, I take a hard look at Golden State. Like, as many years as I've been there, and as many years as, you know, I've been, like, the backbone with this team, I've been here from the jump, like, you're basically going to punish me for something that I may have – maybe I came out my mouth over the top maybe and could have been, just so to speak. But the fact is, is that, you know, you're going to punish me for something like this 
but you don't say nothing to him or do anything as far as him is concerned about KD. Like, if I'm Draymond, I'm looking at this hard. Like, I'm looking at it as, wow, like, I've been here this long, but you're going to say, you know, you're going to cater to him more than you would cater to me, and you're going to punish me and suspend me for one game because of what I've done, and all I've been trying to do is keep this team together. Right. I'm Draymond Green, I'm looking at that. And, you know, because like you said, Kevin Durant is, the, is a free agent. He may or may not stay, but you're going to tarnish that relationship with Draymond Green, who has maybe a year or two left on his contract because you're trying to cater to Kevin Durant. That might be something I will look at hard. Personally, I think Durant and Draymond would probably be leaving after this season. Well, Draymond can't because he has at least one more year on his contract. But Kevin Durant definitely mm-hmm. can, can can definitely bounce after this season. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess he could force a trade. <laughs> the only way, because real quick, because I want to extend time. I think Draymond Clean Draymond Green has a lot to you know. It's a lot more, you know, has a lot more assets to the Golden State as far as the intensity, bringing that, you know, that meanness, you know, the glue that's, you know, that holds that team together. Kevin Durant is really what he was when he first bring there, a higher, you know, a higher mercenary to get you the championship, to get you over that LeBron James hump. He's done that two times over. So if he's talking about he may leave, which I think he is, I'm not sure I would trade, I will only trade. Draymond Green, if it got that bad, I would need at least a two to three year commitment from Kevin Durant. Durant ain't getting that. And if I can't get that, then I can't. I can't trade. I wouldn't trade Draymond Green. But the thing I is, mean, that, but the thing is that you might. I mean, you may have already soured that relationship where he may not want to stay. Right. Possibly, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't overtly do it unless it, like I said, unless it got really, really bad. Like where you, he was basically saying, "I'm not going to play, trade me, blase, blase, that." The Jimmy Butler, <laughs> right? He did a Jimmy Butler. Then yeah, then I could possibly see Steve Kerr, you know, looking to make a move. But I really, if it was quiet and he was just grumbling, I wouldn't do it unless I had some kind of assurances from Kevin Durant he's going to be there a year or two. I so see you let Kevin Durant walk, and if uh, Draymond want to go ahead and walk, let him walk, and you still got Boogie. As long as Boogie shows you something in the second half of the season, he can put up similar numbers to Draymond. He may not put up the, uh, the assist types uh, numbers, but that's still a formidable big three with uh, uh, Curry. Uh, I can't think of the other dude's name. <laughs> Clay Thompson? Yeah, there we go, Clay. Curry, Clay, and uh, and Boogie. That's a formidable big three. It ain't your original big three, but that's still formidable. I don't know if it'll win you something in the West. But hell, hey. you got And even if Cousins does come back to play, ain't no guarantee with that because he's on a one-year contract. So he could walk right at the end of the season. So the Golden State Warriors are in a very sticky situation. So I'm pretty sure organizations are going to be working overtime to kind of Make everyone kiss and play nice for, the, for at least for the end of this to the end of the season. And they better if they want to keep that dynasty going. Every, every, you know, all good things comes in. It. They sure do. <laughs> Shaq was like, "I had enough of Kobe." <laughs> He's like, "I'm going after three. 
you know, so it's 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 inevitable. You know, it's going to come down to it. You got all those egos up in that room. It's, it's pretty much done. They, I think they're just tolerating each other for one last season, just to say that they three peated, and then got four out of, what uh, four out of five, and kind of be gone and be done with it. But hey, that's just my opinion. But anywho. Seems like as though we've uh, run out of time today. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank everybody out there for tuning in and giving us a listen. Uh, fellas, where, where, where can folks find you guys at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Graham, and Snapchat, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls, Twitter and Instagram, and I, I am Al Qualls. And I want to send prayers out to Karis Levert of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, while I, you know, I, I didn't really want to look at that injury, but I'm glad to see that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Can't wait to see you back on the court for Brooklyn in a couple of weeks or a month or however long that will take. Same, same. Uh, happy to hear that. I did not watch that injury because I saw the Aaron Gordon, not Aaron Gordon, um, old boy from uh, the Celtics. Uh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon, Gordon Hayward's injury. Oof, that was gruesome. Jesus. Yeah. Didn't want to watch that. Nah, when I saw Brooklyn Nets when I saw Brooklyn Nets players and some of the Minnesota um, players crying, I knew it was bad. Uh, yeah, I tell you. But it was good it wasn't that bad. That's what right. I'm... Right, right. Oh yeah. But you know, I guess you can find me on Twitter at uh Cat Daddy one nine six three, Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. So, again, we'd like to thank everybody. We'd love to thank our sponsor, MyBookie, for once again this being the awesome MyBookie that you are. Make sure you place all your bets this weekend. Make sure you go ahead and drop a stack on West Virginia. No, don't do that. Don't jinx me. Don't jinx me. Because we, we have a straight, yourself, man. We have a straight already, opportunity. Already did it, man. I know. And I take it back. <laughs> We've got an opportunity to possibly play for the Big 12 Championship. Um, go Mountaineers. Uh, but yeah, once again, we thank you. We, we love all you guys out there just supporting us. Uh, keep listening, you know, tell, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, let's all get together next Wednesday and continue this great thing called Guys Talking Sports. So once again, we thank you. Until next week, hasta la vista. God bless. What they said. <laughs> <laughs>